Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. to the hot mess uh, from hot mess to awesomeness podcast uh, this is undoubtedly the break that every busy woman deserves and uh, today we're going to be talking about being a busy woman so I'm really excited about that uh, just had a bit of a kick-ass dance party with my guest yeah. Molly um, <laughs> I loving loving that you pulled out Phil Collins and yes. um, I got to remember that I knew every single word to that song. So that yep. was, that was awesome. I, I <laughs> may have been feeling a little extra 40, 40 ish today. So that's, that's good. <sighs> so good. So in case you're not aware, we do have a awesome dance party right before we hit record. So it is a guest inspired, uh, three song sort of blowout and it just totally gets me there. Like, I just love, yeah. I absolutely love that dance party. And so Holly has joined as part of the audience for many of these um, recordings. And so she's very familiar with the dance party. So if mm -hmm. you join as part of our live audience, so the dance party's not recorded, uh, but you <laughs> get to uh, engage with us and, and, and have some fun every Wednesday afternoon. So awesome. Oh, welcome Holly, my fabulous friend. I, I'm super pumped. Um, to be honest, we, we tried this before, but tech was not on our side. And so, yeah. um, fingers crossed for today, <laughs> right? I'm thinking the sunshine will allow all of it to just transpire beautifully today. That's what I'm channeling. Yeah. And, uh, so you and I met digitally because of course, mm -hmm. like many of my guests, um, we don't live close to each other. And um, as entrepreneurs in a community of really kick-ass entrepreneurs um, who are looking to, to step it up and really get super focused and be um, really engaged and present for our clients. So I, mm -hmm. I, I loved you from that moment. And <laughs> then when I learned what you do, I was like, oh, she <laughs> my person. So I'm going to let Holly introduce herself in a second. But the reason why um, I felt a really strong connection is not a lot of people know that I have a background in science. So I have a, a degree in biology with a major in nutrition. Um, and I am always fascinated by how that study and the information available has evolved over the past 20 years. And so I'm super excited to hear about your journey and what brought you to this fabulous place and um, yeah, how you found your way from <laughs> hot mess to awesomeness. So welcome, Holly. Please let the world Thank know you. Um, why I think you're awesome. Well, uh, to start off, I guess I'm, I'm a chocolate-loving science nerd is what I call myself, <laughs> um, and I'm a registered nutritionist and founder of Mindful Vitality Nutrition Coaching. So what I do is I empower women to tame the hormone beast so they can master their moods and metabolism and get their groove back. 
Um, I take a very science-based approach that includes treating root causes and I prioritize mental health first. So that means ditching the diet and loving yourself healthy. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love every word of that. I mean, starting <laughs> with chocolate loving science geek, come on. Like, yeah. right my heart. <laughs> so, um, I recently in my, in my last, uh, with my last guest, we talked a lot about, um, sort of uh, personalities and and really getting super clear on who we are. And uh, we talked about how I'm a nurturer first, but like a close second is all my geekness. Like I want yeah. all the info and I'm super excited when I learn how things work and why things work. And um, I, I have a feeling that that was definitely part of our initial like spark <laughs> in <Yeah>. our relationship. <laughs> oh, so, so grateful to have you here. And to have you as part of my community, and I mean, I'm sure we're going to touch on a little bit later about how you and I are uh, working together as um, uh, creating a partnership for our clients, because you work with women who are facing that burnout beast, mm -hmm. and as do I. So a lot of my clients are either all done running around that cycle over and over again, yeah. or they're, they're preemptively preparing to not go down that path. Mm -hmm. And, um, as a mindset coach and someone who works specifically with, with clearing out limiting beliefs and battling that inner critic and, and pushing that to the side, um, it's, I'm really looking forward to our partnership and connecting, uh, those, um, beautiful pieces together. Yes. So that's, that's part of like the, Ooh, what's happening next. <laughs> but, um, as always, I'm super fascinated and I know how powerful our stories are and, mm -hmm. and how they, um, shape who we become and why we choose to do what we do. So let us know a little bit about your journey and what brought you to the space where you are so passionate about the, the, the work that you do. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess my journey started when I was really young. I was born with colic and I've had gut issues my whole life. Um, and then what started as just anxiety when I was younger eventually turned into depression as well. Um, I had a lot of you know, specialists and doctors and all of this. Basically, they just told me I had IBS and lactose intolerance. Um, they couldn't really do much for me. So then as I got older, into my teens, my depression worsened and that's when the hormones started coming into play. Um, and then eventually when I started my first degree, so I was probably mid-20s, I was at the end of my rope with my mental health and I realized like I had to do something about this. So I decided to try counseling and then I also ended up uh, taking medication. So those did make a huge deal for me or a huge um, difference. but. What happened at that point was that was the beginning of my burnout. So obviously in school, you're pushing yourself so much, right? Like late nights, early mornings, partying. <laughs> um, and as that burnout progressed, my PMS, which I had always had to some degree, got worse and worse and worse too. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess after I graduated, eventually I was working um, three jobs and my body was just crying for help. So I, my gut health, got worse, so my IBS worsened, um, I have chronic pain, fibromyalgia that also worsened, my mental health worsened, and I was getting chronic migraines and worsening PMS. Um, but the problem was, because I had so much going on and so many commitments, I just kept ignoring all these signs from my body, right? Because we're basically told by society and sometimes our family that like, in order to be worthy and be of value, we have to be productive and always be achieving. 
it doesn't matter what's going on internally or what other skills we have to give, right? So I basically just ignored all those signals and kept pushing on because I had to follow these rules. Um, and then, yeah, it just got worse and worse. And the only turning point for me came when I was probably a few years later, I started seeing my first naturopath and she helped me realize about the gut brain connection. So that was huge. She basically told me I had a major gut bacteria imbalance and um, overgrowth. And she put me on a really strict cleanse. So that meant like no carbs, um, no alcohol, no sugar, nothing enjoyable at all. And like intense supplements to kill everything off. But what ended up happening is I became what's called orthorexic. So I became so obsessed with eating perfectly and reading labels like, oh, there's 0.2 grams of sugar in here. I can't have that. That's going to ruin my cleanse. Um, I actually lost 20 pounds off of what I am now. And I'm already a petite person, so I was not well. Um, so that was not a good, a good spot for me. Um, it was too extreme and that's what really get, brought me to this current mindset of everything in moderation because I don't believe in putting yourself through that physically or mentally. It's not necessary. Um, so then I guess in my second degree, which I finished in 2018, so starting 20, what would that be? 2012? 2014? Four years. Yeah, 2014. <laughs> um, I finally started finding some balance and realizing that burnout was part of the equation. So um, I had seen a different naturopath by then that helped me realize that hormones were part of the equation. Burnout was affecting my hormones and my gut and mental health. So I was starting to get more of a complete picture and allowing myself to enjoy food again without freaking out if I have some carbs. Um, and to be clear, that carb thing wasn't, it was only specifically for my gut health. Um, I've never really obviously been one to struggle with my weight, but I know a lot of people like that's where their worry about eating certain foods comes from. But for me, it was for healing my gut. Mm. Anyway, so I found a lot more balance during that time because I was seeing a naturopath and a chiropractor and a massage therapist and doing all this self-care. I was starting to exercise more. I was eating mindfully and listening to my body um, as much as I could because I was still in school. I was resting when I could, especially if I felt like a migraine coming on or something. Um, and yeah, so this is basically what made me want to become a practitioner. I mean, I've always just been told it's either all in my head or there's nothing it can do for me in terms of my gut health. Um, I tried medications. I even had surgery for my gut at one point. Um, nothing helped. So I ended up becoming or going to school to become a nutritionist or a dietitian, ideally, was the goal. And in that program, it's very, very competitive. And I didn't end up going that route, um, which was very heartbreaking at the time. I had a little meltdown over that. But then I realized that that was kind of meant to be because I don't want to be a dietitian. They very much have to stay within these guidelines and follow the food guide and they can't really do supplements. So that wasn't really my thing anyway. Um, and so my whole journey really brought me to becoming someone that, you know, I realized there was this missing link of who is there out there other than a naturopath that kind of does everything that specializes in gut and mental health. Mm -hmm. And the more research I did both in school and on my own terms, the more I realized um, that the gut microbiome, which is a fairly recent field, maybe 10 to 15 years or so, has a link in almost every chronic disease. I'm not saying it's the only cause, but it definitely is a huge factor. 
Um, so that's what made me want to focus on that. But then I realized only a few years ago, um, due to my own journey and research and working with my most recent naturopath, that the role of burnout and sex hormones and liver health, um, and that all affects mental health. So I couldn't just focus on gut health when wanting to help someone with mental health because there's so much more in terms of stress hormones and sex hormones. So I needed to kind of include that in my practice as well. Awesome. So that kind of brought me to my current model, which is basically ditch the diet. Everything is science-based, um, self-care and mental health focused. And really my goal is just to empower the women I work with to understand how their bodies work and the truth about the root causes of their health issues and just empower them to balance their hormones and gut health naturally. I love all those things. You know that. Yeah. I am, um, I'm always fascinated by, okay. The, the love of learning folk like you and I, we can get really excited and, and, and get um, really connected to the knowledge, right? Like, yes, I've done the research and, and for you, you know, through your experiences, started pulling pieces from different areas and, and integrating them and it becomes a, a much stronger foundational piece. And, and we can look at that and go, yes, okay, this yeah. makes sense. And then we realize that we're human yeah. and sometimes no matter how knowledgeable we are or how, even if we're sharing that knowledge with others in sort of an expert position that we can still, um, fall down, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, um, again, it's kind of like, it's a journey. It's not a destination, this whole idea of awesomeness and that your hot messness is, is sort of fluctuates with you. So I'm interested in how, um, what were some of the challenges that you faced? You know, you're, you're looking ahead and going, yep, the, like, yes, I've, I've pulled these pieces together and I'm still a student and I'm still trying to, you know, have a relationship and I'm yeah. you know, doing the thing and still want to like eat what I want when I want or do what I want. When I, like, how did you manage? And, and, and in that sort of, what did, what did you turn to in order to keep coming back to that sort of grounded space. Yeah, so I guess a really great example would be just the other day <laughs> where um, I don't tend to eat a ton of sugar, but I do like to enjoy some treats. And I had made this strawberry mousse graham cracker crust pie thing, summer pie. And I had a little more than I had intended to. And the next day I literally felt like a sugar hangover. I felt mm. so crappy. And then, so this is a perfect example of Yes, I'm telling everyone that sugar is inflammatory and it can, you know, worsen your gut health and worsen pain and all of that. And yet I still, you know, indulge myself. And sometimes I, you know, I try to have a small portion, but sometimes you have a large portion and then you pay the price, right? So I'm only human, but I think, um, yeah, what's, what was been the hardest part was when I had my, my major lows with my mental health, like many people, um, I turned to food for comfort, right? So even though I knew in my head that if I have a lot of extra carbs and I've always been a sweets person rather than savory, um, that's gonna flare everything up, I would do it anyway because that's comfort eating and it makes you feel good, right? It's only human to want that, that um, pleasure like quickly. You want that quick burst of feel good hormones, right? Yep. And 
let's be honest, like when you feel that way, the last thing you want to do is work out or eat a salad. Like you want something that's comforting. You want Netflix and cookies. <laughs> so that was probably the hardest part for me. And then the other part I would say would be just being so busy. And as much as I'm all about meal planning and prepping, um, when I lived on my own slash with roommates, um, if I was that busy, I often didn't have the time to cook ahead of time, right? But because I'm kind of limited in what I can eat with my sensitivities and everything, um, you know, often I would be just not eating balanced meal or not eating enough vegetables. And I knew I should be, but it was a matter of, I don't have time. Right. So I'm very grateful now to have my boyfriend help me with the meal planning and prepping sometimes more than, right. <laughs> more than he likes. But um, I think currently a lot of what I'm seeing um, in clients and in general are, you know, it's the quarantine life situation, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of insomnia, and then a lot of people, like I mentioned, are, are turning to food for that comfort when um, they're feeling like things are out of their control and just kind of feeling overwhelmed. And then on top of that, you know, a lot of these people have this background of the diet mentality. So they eat these foods and then they start going into this downward spiral of, oh my God, I was doing so good. Why did I eat that? Now I'm going to gain five pounds and it's summer and I want to be thin. And, you know, just being really hard on ourselves when we really do need to have more compassion and understanding because this is a difficult time and we may not make the healthiest choices, but yeah, just don't beat yourself up basically. Um, so I think, and a lot of that has to do with comparison right now too. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, I mean, I went through a bit of this myself where I didn't feel like being productive at the first part of quarantine, right? It's just the initial dealing with the shock of it all. Um, and, but I saw everyone else being productive and I'm like, oh, I should be using this time to, you know, do my course and do this and do that. And then all these shoulds, I'm shooting myself, right? And that just made me feel worse because now I feel guilty that I'm being lazy when really I'm resting because I needed to rest right. and just process everything that was going on. So I think so, that's a lot of what's going on lately for people. Yep. But I think what we can do is really focus on what we can control mm -hmm. rather than you know freaking out about what's out of our control. So for me, that looks like surrounding myself with really positive people. Um, I'm in several groups that I find are really help lift me up. Um, a couple entrepreneur networking groups, a couple of wellness groups, including my own, the Hormone Happiness Collective. But I think on top of that, um, what's keeping me going too is I have been doing some virtual appointments with people and seeing their progress, it really brings me joy and it affirms that I'm on the right path. Um, and I think having this time for a lot of us anyways, I know women with little ones at home slash that are trying to work with little ones, maybe don't have as much time as some of us, but having this extra time to do the things that bring us joy, right? Like I've been painting more, I've been going on more hikes, I've been singing and dancing, um, reading lots of nerdy research. <laughs> like These are the things that make me happy. So I, I have the extra time to do that now. Right. Um, and then probably just binge reading self-help books is my other <laughs> guilty pleasure. <laughs> I, I heard so much in what you just shared and I just wanted to highlight a few pieces that I think are really important. Yeah. And um, so the, the one of them for sure is many of us who can get really sort of um, 
I don't say caught, but we are in this lifestyle, in this habit of go, go, go. And, um, and, and inside of that, we also take quite a bit of ownership of everything that's happening around us. And one thing that a lot of women um, seem to struggle with initially when they're, again, stepping into um, locating and living in their happy state or in their, in their awesomeness is asking for help. So, you know, you had shared that your boyfriend is currently supporting you as, as the made maybe the meal maker in, in yeah. a variety of other things, I'm sure. But, and it's necessary that we turn to the people in our world and, and unapologetically acknowledge mm-hmm. that we uh, getting support and having others do things that perhaps at one point in our lives, we had very confidently checked off on our to-do list regularly. Um, it, it, it's very freeing. So almost mm-hmm. that idea of releasing control allows you to maintain a, better, a, a stronger sense of personal freedom and control. And the other thing that I think is really powerful is this idea of, of boundaries and, and, um, and with yourself and with others. And so I, you know, I heard as you were talking about where you're putting your time and where you're putting your energy and, and, um, again, whether it's a societal norm or it's, um, a, a personal belief, um, but, it's very prominent that, you know, productivity equals worth. And then we look and go, okay, well, that means everything has to happen as soon as possible. So I want all Mm -hmm. the things because I want to be seen as the person who does all the things and all these things need to happen immediately. And I will sacrifice myself in order to achieve these things so that I'm deemed valuable and worthy. And at the end of the day, we don't feel that ourselves. So I, I've been focusing, there's, you know, that quote, um, someone who feels appreciated will do a heck of a lot more than someone who doesn't. Yeah. Um, my sort of thing on that, my spin on that is appreciation, appreciation starts inward. It starts within. Mm. So when you choose to appreciate yourself and show yourself the loving kindness and compassion that we're very happy to give out to others, um, we end up doing more and I don't mean on a productivity level, I mean more that is aligned and feels right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, as you were, you know, learning and then experiencing and then learning and then experiencing and falling down and getting back up and doing all of the things, um, you know, it's, it's in those tiny little moments that have the long-term impact. And the other thing I think that is really important that you, you talked about is this concept of immediate gratification, right? And so immediate gratification is a product of resistance or your inner critic. It's mm-hmm. um, this resistance is this idea that you have a goal, but it's, it's pretty far off. And in order to, it's, to feel the benefit of that goal, you know, you have to put in effort and keep showing up to it no matter, you know, and it's not always pretty and it's not always fun and it's not always great. And, um, you know, from a biological standpoint, we're, we're like, but I want the hit of the good stuff. Like I need the good stuff. And so we, many of us have these longstanding habits of how to get the dopamine hit. And it's by doing things that we're used to doing food, um, alcohol, and binging, you know, when we've developed all, all kinds of new ones. And um, so knowing that happiness 
is a long-term goal that does have potential short-term gain. You just we just have to be um, more mindful and more aware of which actions or behaviors we choose to tap into that are going to give us that that quick hit and support the long-term goal of wellness and mm-hmm. happiness and awesomeness and all the things in that. Um, yeah. I am a long-time sufferer of my inner critic Bertha showing up and um, offering me opportunities to reward my good behavior. So, you know, I've put in a, a, a really great day on my computer, created a lot of stuff that's going to be used at a much later date, not a lot of immediate gratification there. And then I'll reward myself. I'm like, yes, I, I deserve all this crappy food yeah. and <laughs> cocktail or two and to sit and do nothing. And then like you said, the next day you feel the impact, but it's the, the immediate moment that we can get really stuck in. So I think um, another really important thing is, is showing ourselves that love and kindness and being gracious and, and, and willing to, um, to, to engage in our own sort of self-compassion to be like, yeah, it's a habit. It's like all my habits. It's like brushing my teeth. It's just something that I do. So if I want to, brush my teeth differently. I have to make a conscious effort and put myself and not beat myself up for the fact that I went back to the old way of brushing my teeth. Like I'm just, if I want something new, I have to put my conscious mind onto it. I have to put energy and time inside of it consistently, repeatedly. I have to surround myself with the people who are um, who match the vibe that I'm trying to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And also you can seek out tribes that match the vibe that you want. And yeah. so right now at this point, and yes, these are unique and, and challenging times for so many, but we face unique challenging times every single day because we are, we are always, um, you know, we are our own person perceiving the world in our own way. So, you know, prior to, yes, I was out and about interacting with more people, but I was still dealing with my own crap. Mm-hmm. And um, that idea of, of paying attention to and putting your attention on how you actually want to show up in the world and what you really want for yourself, and then seeking more of that and inviting more of that in. So from yeah. a, a mindset level, that's, that's the work, right? That's the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, I call it the work before the work. So what you would offer me as a mind gut specialist or expert is I got to do that work and I got to change those habits. But before I commit to um, being a habit changer, I need to practice uh, putting myself in that space where I believe that I can do that in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the whole thing about the raising your vibe, it just made me think of, um, like tuning into how you feel with certain activities, right? So for example, when I'm on social media too long, I definitely feel like my vibe is lower and I feel anxious and that comparison sets in. So that's not going to be the vibe that I want for myself or that I want to put out into the world. So instead, I know that when I do a workout, for example, then that raises my vibe and makes me feel so good. And that will attract more positivity to my life. So So how, um, because I know this, I mean, I know what I do and I know this can be the challenging point. How do you get from engaging in an activity that's out of alignment with your values and integrity and you did, we did it anyway. How do we take, what is that, what is the gap between having done that and then doing the next great thing? There's, 
for me, there, there's got to be a moment of acknowledgement. And, mm-hmm. or like, so what, what practice do you, like, what do you go through when you're like, okay, I'm here feeling like a bag of pucks. <laughs> N- now what? It's what goes yeah. through your mind? What do you do for yourself? I think for me, um, because of my mental health journey, I've always, I became more conscious of things throughout my day that make me feel crappy or make me feel good. So I'm really in tune with that now. And then on top of that, I'm more physically aware. And that's probably also because of my physical health journey with pain and everything that, you know, even for example, being on my phone too long, my muscles start getting tight. So I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't make me feel good. But now that I think of it, I also don't feel good mentally by being on my phone. So I think I'm just, it's the mindfulness and just being aware and really tuning into my, both my body and my mental health at any given moment. It's hard to say how exactly that happens. It's got to have be a habit that I've developed somewhere along the line where I just right. made the choice that, you know, I'm not going to get better unless I pay more attention to the things that make me feel good. So, right. and yeah. so I would say, um, for someone who is coming to me, who is yet to develop that habit, um, mm-hmm. obviously finding the, um, the, the action that corresponds with the trigger that feels right. So tension and then, you know, what would be a natural response to, in order to go sort of get into a more of a forgiving state to be able to say, okay, this isn't how I want to feel. This isn't, um, it doesn't feel good to me right now. What do I want to be doing instead? And so my, my suggestion often and always actually is reflective practice. So engaging in a curious mindset. So interesting, how do I feel right now? So mm-hmm. even just doing the, the practice of doing the check-in in it, it sort of almost bypasses having to try to pay attention to yourself all the time. So just, you could go off on your phone, go ask yourself how you're feeling right now. Okay. How, how am I feeling right now? <laughs> Interesting. I feel tight and crappy and confused and, 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 and un, right. Yeah. And then how would I like to feel instead? what is the next thing I could do to get me there, right? And just those those sort of um, pattern interrupts, if you will, Mm -hmm. that can help you to refocus on what it is that you do want. The key is you kind of need to know what it is that you do want, you you know, to be able to say- that vision, yeah. Yeah, you know, to be able to say, well, I want to be happy. Well, shit, what does that look like? Yeah. Because that can be anything. Um, but until you really have a picture in your mind of what you being happy looks, feels, sounds, tastes, is like, um, you're sort of aiming at a like zero target. You're just kind of blown in the wind. Right. So it sounds like you've done a lot of that pre-work, the work before Mm -hmm. the work of creating that vision, um, some trial and error and a lot of experiences with different professionals and what a, you're such an asset now that you've, you've sort of done all that filtering. And I think so many of us at this point in our lives, um, you know, although we love to do the research, I still don't want to be reinventing the wheel all the time, right? So to be able to turn to someone who has gone through the journey can offer me the science. Thank you very much. (laughs) um, and can it can walk me through their personal experience and the the professional component? It's such a it's such a valuable thing. And mm-hmm. and again, I'm super excited to be able to work with you and and our shared clients so that yeah. we can can help them to get there faster. Because I yes. know for me, my personal journey, you know, five plus ten 
plus years of, of trying to figure stuff out, um, you know, offering, it, it's not that it needs to, it's not about it being, you're not skipping any steps by working with someone. You just have to, um, you know, you get to fine tune it. It's a sort of fine tune path so that you can yeah. pick more quickly, uh, make decisions more effectively and, and really get the results that you want. So Mm-hmm. And it's more customized to your needs. So I feel like there's so many programs out there that are kind of like these band-aid solution, one size fits all like, oh yeah, this is the diet and it's going to cure everyone. It's like, if someone's trying to sell you something like that, I tell people like run far away <laughs> because your body and your mind and everything about you is unique. So you deserve a unique personalized like protocol and healing protocol from whoever you're working with. So that's why I'm very much like I do a lot of testing, a lot of questionnaires, a lot of things to really dig deep initially with people. And that way I can build a plan that is very specific to their needs. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so what, um, other than, you know, you and I doing our thing together, which hasn't hit paper yet. So yeah. um, just know that it's coming. It but what else, <laughs> what else is, uh, what's the next chapter in your story, Holly? What's going on? Yeah. So we're not officially open yet, but I, I do work at Virgil Wellness Clinic and I am back there a couple hours a week helping out to get things ready um, and seeing clients virtually still. Um, And I'm also working on building a course on taming the hormone beast and mastering metabolism. Um, So in line with that, I actually just released a 13-page ebook, which took a lot of (laughs) work. Um, So that's a free ebook that I put together to help people like really understand everything that goes along with mastering metabolism and hormones and how they can start taking those initial first steps before they even enter the online course. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. Awesome. That's going to be a, a project, but I'm really been grateful to have this extra time to work on that because that's been on my to-do list for quite a while. I'm I'm so yeah. excited for that. Um, it, number one, to work with you as as a partner, but really to be able to access your expertise. So my personal experience um, with my sort of hormone world is, you know, I've been experiencing a terrible PMS since I was 13 and hospitalized because I went unconscious from the pain and, and, oh my and, goodness. and, um, yeah. and then taking medication. And it was always about, um, pain management and just suffer through that's, that was yeah. like my life. Right. And, um, I, it got, when I got a little bit older and my lifestyle choices perhaps weren't ideal, young person doing the thing, yeah. um, the mental health was a massive issue and uh, completely undiagnosed because I was the woman who did all the things and, and fixed all the people and and I never asked for help. So I just kind of mm. made these sort of assumptions that this was just my life. It was completely normal to take 12 extra strength Advil in one shot. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then lie on the floor for six hours. No. Totally normal. This is, and again, we're talking, I'm a highly educated person, but again, from a what is okay and not okay and where do you turn and who are you and how do you self-identify? I was the one who people came to not the one who went to other people. And so again, having no clue. Um, and then but on my, top of that, like no one ever tells us that these things are under our control, right? We're just given, oh, here's 
a birth control or some painkillers or whatever, right? Right. And not it, told it, the underlying. No, and it very. I mean, I have no idea. It turns out I I had uh, fibroids and many many of them, and and now more of my knowledge that it links towards um, energy work and um, mindset and the power of of blockages and energy blockages, I can definitely see where there was a lot of stuff going on. Lots of uh, what I call more like everyday or generalized trauma that was impacting my mindset and therefore my body. So many facets, right? Mm -hmm. And I um, experienced such terrible emotional upheaval every two weeks to the point where I couldn't, like the depression was so low, I couldn't move. And the anxiety was so high, I, I couldn't manage myself. And um, it was a constant battle. I couldn't uh, finish projects anything longer than, a, than two weeks to a month because I would up, I'll upheave and become this whole other person constantly, mm. constantly. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, no clue that that's not normal, that right. that's not like how people just, oh, well, you're a woman. And you have a period. And so therefore, this is your lot in life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we were uh, trying to have children, um, we were very fortunate that what was going on with me didn't prevent us from from conceiving. It did, however, make birth process a whole other experience because I had so many fibroids that made it impossible to have a natural birth. And um, again, so much information that I wish I'd had. So I'd had, you may remember, so Olympia Forbes, who is a um, birth doula, we had her on in one of our earlier episodes and we talked a lot about sort of shifting that birth experience to a positive one. And again, when I learned that, I was like, but what, isn't it supposed <laughs> to be like, I'm walking in backwards so you can shoot me full of drugs? Because again, my 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 impression of yeah. this, how this whole thing works was pain management. And, um, so as a result, I had a, uh, partial hysterectomy in, uh, in 2015 and all of the, um, period related hormone stuff stopped. And it wasn't until that moment that I went, you know what, that all that shit, that was bullshit. Like I, I really started yeah. to learn and I wish, I mean, I can't go back, but now I, I really feel so passionate about Um, helping women to get better informed about how their bodies work, why they work, how they were designed, and that it's not meant to be a painful experience to be a woman. Mm -hmm. And Just because it's so common, we think that's normal, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Right? And so now I'm really excited and really eager to connect with you in, um, to learn more about um, managing hormones in a way that feels um, more, I don't want to say holistic, but more attuned with how I want to show up in the world. And it's mm-hmm. not about um, focusing on the pain of stepping into the next stage of my life, um, which will be menopause or perimenopause and then keep going from there, but embracing how I can work with what I have so that I can continue to feel happy and awesome and um, like I'm moving forward. Yeah. So. I am extremely grateful to have you in my world and at this time in my life where um, I'm really so much more open to this idea that, um, you know, things don't have to be awful. You don't have to suffer. And this isn't just the Mm -hmm. lot in life as, 
as that everything is connected and contrary to what Western medicine says, like, oh, stomachache, take this pill, like right. headache, take this pill. It's like, no, everything's connected. Right. And yeah. um, I've always been a huge advocate of this idea of like, I call it informed consent. Like mm -hmm. going back to, I eat a whole crap ton of sugar and I know, I know what I, I, I know what it's doing to me. And I, I, and, and I make the decisions based on whatever I feel like making decisions on. And now I feel like as I'm stepping into this next stage, it's, it's this opportunity to learn more, um, take what Western medicine offers and then digest that and then seek out more information and yeah. integrate in a way that aligns with my values, aligns with how I want to show up and then make my decisions from there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, sort of that taking responsibility for my life and, and not putting my happiness in the hands of any other person, organization, yeah. or, um, or way of thinking. So, yeah, I think we, I mean, it's already gradually shifting, but back in the day, it was always very much like the doctor knows best. So whatever doctor says goes and I'll just do that. But I think, thank goodness it's finally shifting and people are realizing that we have to advocate for our own health, especially as women, there's still so much patriarchy in the medical system that, right. um, Either they were told it's all in our heads or we're just given pills, but there's really something else going on. And oftentimes they even straight out refuse to test your hormones. So do know that there, there is an option to, you know, seek another second opinion or work with someone who can get to the root of those problems. And also um, both myself and my naturopath I work with offer testing as well. So if your doctor ever says, oh, you don't need that or whatever, like, you do have to pay for it, but it's totally worth it to find out what's going on. Right. And I would just yeah. wanted to, to say um, for the medical professionals in my world, in the world, um, amazing, amazing people who are extremely knowledgeable in a lot of areas I know nothing about. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm not advocating for any uh, Google diagnosis of any sort. Um, yeah. it's, it's more about listening, again, listening to our bodies and asking questions and continuing mm -hmm. to be, to seek out information from all of the people that at our disposal, all the professionals, yeah. um, and and continuing to to be curious, and so that we feel like we are doing uh, again, taking responsibility and, and doing as much as we can for ourselves with the educated people in in our world. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I'm thinking to a couple of my friends who are physicians and um, brilliant, brilliant women who. You know, if they were to say to me, Dion, you need to go do this, I very likely will. And I can still be part of that conversation. I can still have those, mm -hmm. ask those questions and, and seek out those answers. So I think that that, um, that sort of, I guess that's the work, right? That falls yeah. on us to be willing to be part of our own health journey. And, and again, not relying on any naturopath or medical doctor to right. be like, this is what you need to do. Stop eating bananas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll stop eating. But I love bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and they make me feel good. So right. then it's like, I'm not going to stop. Right. So. You're listening to your own body and your own intuition. And yeah, just to clarify there too, I totally believe in, in using whatever works for you. So for me, like I am still taking a medication and I'm not anti-medication at all, especially like medication is life-saving, especially when it comes to antidepressants. But um, rather, like you said, just getting that you know, all the info and then making your own informed decision. Um, and I work with a lot of people and clients who are on medications, but I can, I would never tell them to get off. It's totally up to them um, what they want to do, but rather I work with them and to say, okay, how can we help support your liver with you being on these medications? Like what can we do to work holistically by 
keeping best of both worlds kind of thing. Like there's so yeah. much great stuff out there. It, I'm always of the opinion, like I, I want to be able to incorporate it all, not discount. It's not about being like, this is bad and this is good. No, like there's, yeah. I find all the good and I take it all in. I want it. I, I want that. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, fabulous. So Holly, you are awesome. And I'm so excited that you are here in my world. Thank Please you. Share with us some words of wisdom for that woman who is just embarking on that journey um, to betterment, to personal wellness, to um, feeling more uh, uh, like herself so that she feels like, yeah, this is the woman I want to show up as every single day. What would you say to her as she's sort of taking those initial first steps? Yeah. Ah, so much. Um, first of all, do not get sucked into like the first thing you see or any, especially if it's some kind of quick fix or that promises you to, you know, feel, fix your problem basically overnight. Um, that is not going to happen. Um, but rather to do the inner work and work with a professional or whatever feels right to you, um, to really look at the root causes before you choose what you're going to do. Um, if someone tries to put you on a strict diet again, <laughs> Don't try not to go that route because we know those don't work. Um, I'd say for sure when you're trying to move forward, always keep in mind what has worked and hasn't worked in the past. Mm. So a lot of my clients come to me and telling me, you know, they've tried all the diets and they did work initially, but now they don't work anymore. And they made me feel like crap. So, okay, keep that in mind going forward. We don't want to do diets because obviously it didn't work. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is, Try not to waste your time and your money um, with the whole Google diagnosis. And I, I know I did that myself before I got into this field is very much like what supplement is good for gut pain. And then I go to the health food store and I buy the supplement and then it doesn't work. And then flush the money down the toilet, right? Right. Same goes with exercise. Um, as much as it's exciting to start a health journey, try to go slow and, and pace yourself and have patience and compassion with yourself because for example if your goal is weight loss um, that's amazing if you want to join a workout um, community but if it's a really intense program and you haven't done a lot of exercise before you could end up injuring yourself and then now you're stuck and you can't move forward so basically going slow listening to your body doing the deep work both on a mindset and a physical healing level rather than some kind of band-aid quick fix um, and really learning to tune into your body I think as women we've been taught from day one that we can't trust our body signals and instead we have to follow these rules which is usually diet rules and the rules of with burnout like we have to be productive so if you're tired it doesn't matter you're not allowed to rest because you have to keep working so really start practicing on tuning into like like you said, how do I feel right now, both physically and mentally? Like, do I need to rest or do I feel like I can keep working or whatever you're doing? Um, yeah, and right, so remind yourself that this isn't 1950, right? Like we're allowed to make our own rules and do what feels right for us. Um, and that you are worthy regardless of whether you are productive, um, especially right now in this whole crazy situation. So instead, um, especially if you don't feel like being overly productive, focus on what you have to offer instead. So maybe that's your creativity, maybe you're artistic, maybe that's um, love and support for your loved ones, or maybe you're really funny and you bring joy to people. Just whatever you have to offer that, you know, people 
you you feel good doing it and you light other people's life up too. Um, just focus on that. And that's going to be key in terms of like boosting your mood, your energy and like raising your vibe and just getting to that next level because the more you can raise your vibe and feel that good energy, the more likely you are to continue with those habits. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you for sharing you. your journey with us and walking us through um, what has been like for you since a very young age and all of the learning that you have amassed over that time and, and, um, and helping women to really get the clarity they need so that they can stave off burnout and, um, and battle that hormone beast. So, so thank you. Thank you for being with me. And I, um, I look forward to our journey together. And so everybody, you can look for that uh, very, very soon. So as a reminder to all of my guests, please, please check out um, all the other amazing women on the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. And if you're interested in shaking your booty to our dance party tunes, you can find that on YouTube and Spotify. And I will leave the link in the show notes. So thank you, everybody. And have a great day. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness. <laughs>